Good evening. Today is February 21st, 2023, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter slash step is step one, there's a solution, and our speaker tonight is Jessica C. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks, Melissa. Um, thanks, everyone. Um, happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Heidi. Um, yeah, so um, I guess I'll share a little bit about myself. So my name is Jessica C. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. I live uh, in the province of Ontario in Canada. I live um, in a city called uh, the city of Barrie, which is about an hour and a half north of Toronto. Um, I, I, I first came to OA in 2005. Um, but I've only been recovered from compulsive eating for the past two years. It was actually two years um, on Friday, February 10th. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of time in there where um, uh, I was not recovered. That time was really um, characterized by a lot of relapse and, uh, and, and other things that were going on, which I will get into. So um, so yeah, the, the OA program that I came into uh, in 2005, um, it was not strongly rooted in the big book. Uh, we did read the big book at times, but it was more oriented towards um, the OA literature. And, um, and, and I did not work the steps. Uh, I did not work the steps. It was, I mean, I, I don't want to, but I, I don't want to sort of put that experience down because, you know, I, before finding a way at that time, I was, I, I just, um, I was really desperate. And I just thought was, am I the only person that's like this with food, eating compulsively, unable to stop despite all of the um, uh, negative impacts of it. So the OA that I found at that, that I, at that time was a group of people who were like me. And that was such a relief to find that. Um, that being said, I didn't stop eating compulsively, um, when I found that group, um, and that puzzled me, you know, I, the literature talked about recovery. Um, there were some people that had weight loss who, who taught, who, you know, who, who said that they were refraining from compulsive eating and I just couldn't seem to make that happen for myself. So that was really discouraging. Um, but, you know, I kept at it. I knew that there was nothing left for me outside of OA. Um, you know, before I found OA, I, I had um, tried Weight Watchers again. This was in my early, my early 20s that I found OA. I had just tried Weight Watchers again, probably for like the third or fourth time in my life. And I bought like sort of a big package of meeting passes. You remember you used to get like books of meeting passes or for me, anyone who did do Weight Watchers. And I, I just, I just knew it wasn't going to work again. I just knew like, this is not working for me anymore. I didn't understand why, because it had worked at one time, but I returned those. Uh, I wanted to get some of my money back for those meeting passes. So I went to Weight Watchers and I said, can I get some money back? And or can I return these? And, and the woman was saying to me, well, but why? Like, why? Why? And I, I just said, this is, I, I have, my problem is more than we watchers can handle. <laughs> I remember saying something like that to her. And she was like, 
oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm, but she seemed to understand. So I got a feeling like, okay, I'm not the only person that's ever done this. Um, but um, yeah, so I, you know, I entered OA and uh, at that time, and uh, I did get like sort of some longer periods of abstinence, though I was still engaged. I had sort of gotten rid of like the really bad things. Like I wasn't eating dessert anymore. I, you know, I um, wasn't eating like, you know, sort of fast food anymore, but I was definitely still engaging in some alcoholic ingredients. Like I still was consuming sugar. I was still getting an effect from volume. Um, and that's, and so, and, you know, I had some weight loss, but my life was definitely unmanageable at that time. I, I couldn't manage, you know, I, I would get just such ang these anxious episodes. I, I shouldn't say they're episodes because I felt that way all the time. Like fear really characterized my life as well. But, um, you know, I got some sort of longer stints of abstinence and I lost weight and life kind of got bigger. But then um, I would say in like 2014, that stopped. I couldn't, I, 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 was, I was binging again. I was putting the weight back on. I just could not stop and um, compulsively eating again, like I was when I first found a way about 10 years earlier. So, um, you know, around that time, I, I was introduced to um, the big book, a more sort of big book focused way of working the program and also to a daily phone meeting um, called the vision for you. I was introduced to that meeting and um, and this was much more of a rigorous program than what I had been doing up until this point. And um, it kind of, it scared me a little bit. I shouldn't, it, it did. It scared me a little bit. I was like, uh, I don't know, this seems like a bit radical. Like, I'm not sure about this. And I, what I was doing at that time was I was trying to fit a way into my life as it was. And I wasn't um, making my life, designing my life around my recovery. I, I wasn't doing that. And so that didn't work for me. And my, my binging continued. It kept getting worse. And um, I was my family doctor. I, I had planned a trip to go to Ireland with some friends. And I was just such, I was in such bad shape with the food. And um, my and I, I wanted to cancel this trip and I needed a doctor's note to get some of the money back from the airline, from my airline tickets. So I told my doctor, I told him why, and he suggested that I try a medication for binge eating disorder. And this is where things really took a turn for me. Um, so, you know, every, it seems like every generation has its version of, you know, an amphetamine or a stimulant that um, maybe not every, but it's like every 10 years, something new comes out, it seems like, right? And so I was prescribed the latest version of that. Um, and um, I knew it was a bad idea almost immediately, um, but I wanted an easier, softer way. I wanted to just take a pill and have it not be a problem anymore. So I decided to take it. And immediately that became a whole other problem for me. Like um, I liked what this medication did to my personality. I liked, it made me more outgoing. It took away my social anxiety. 
It made me more productive. It did definitely erase my appetite, my desire to eat compulsively, my desire to eat, period, um, for like the first part of the day. But every, I, I, I still was binging at night. So I, I was on that medication and I, um, uh, I was abusing it. I was addicted to it. Um, and I stepped away from OA and, um, I, um, I met my person who's going to be eventually become my husband and, um, and suddenly, and I, I had been single for years, like because of this disease, I really didn't have any romantic relationships. So um, suddenly somebody was seeing up close what was going on, you know, with this medication, with the food. And uh, I was, yeah, I was abusing it and I ended up in the hospital. Uh, it was actually during the beginning of the pandemic that I was in the hospital for abuse of this stimulant. Um, so I had to put that down. I had to put it down. And, you know, the, this chapter, there's a solution talks about uh, the moderate drinker, the hard drinker and the real compulsive eater. And that contrast helped me see that I was a real compulsive eater with this, with things like this medication, because I could put that down. Like I, I was a hard consumer of this medication. I could put it down. I could say to my doctor, you can't give this to me anymore. Um, and I'm not out trying to find another version of that, you know, and I know people do that, but I never could do that with food. I would ask people to hide food for me, not tell me where it is. And I would always find it. I would always, I was, I was out getting, going to the convenience store in the middle of the night, buying an $8 box of Honey Nut Cheerios. Like that's what I was doing with food. Um, so I put the medication down. I knew the food was gonna come roaring back. So I, I found a sponsor who took, who took me through the steps. We worked them quickly as outlined in the big book. Um, and I have not since that time, and it was imperfect. It was not a perfect step journey, but you know, something happened to me where the desire to use food in a way that was destructive left me. And it was absolutely a central fact of my life before that, that I had to eat. I had to binge every day. It's like I, I had to. And now I just, that thought was just not something that it just doesn't come to me anymore. And that That's happened 10 to minutes. me. Okay. Um, thank you. So that is sort of my, um, journey of working through the steps and where I'm at today, um, maybe I'll, I'll get to the chapter of there's a solution. Um, so I, I really like the hope in the, in the early part of this chapter. You know, it, it, um, I find that the main message is a very hopeful one. It, it, you know, it is that there is a solution to compulsive eating and the solution is to have a vital spiritual experience. And I believe that is what happened to me. That is what took away that desire to, um, again, that I, you know, that I could not fix at all and on my own uh, abilities that was removed for me. Um, yeah. So again, first few pages, so hopeful, very inclusive, joyful, um, so much sustained prom promise in the early pages. I love the image of how we don't part ways like the survivors of a great disaster. 
and that we have a common solution, um, which brings us together and that we continue to live in that solution. You know, I've had some really intense experiences where I have felt very bonded to people, not in OA, outside of OA. And usually that feeling fades away. Um, you, you sort of lose the intensity of that connection with those people. But I haven't found that to be the case in OA. And I have I found that, you know, my recovery gets deeper, um, more expansive, more interesting, and constantly surprised by the relationships that I have um, with other people in this program and the things that I learn about myself, um, the things that I learn about my higher power. And, you know, my relationships only continue to improve both inside and outside of OA. Um, yeah, I, I'll tell a quick story. So I, I have a friendship um, outside of this program. Um, my friend, um, probably she has, she has a problem with, with drinking, I believe. And, and possibly with food as well. And, and, and that's really what we bonded over, um, you know, before I put down food and drinking. And I, I thought to myself, you know, maybe I don't, maybe we aren't going to be friends anymore. Like if we don't have these substances that we, uh, you know, would connect over, I guess maybe we're not going to be friends anymore. And, um, and that, and, you know, that's, that's a form of self-reliance for me thinking I have to cut off friendships. Um, what I have found is that my higher power is, is it, he's, he's creating a new friendship with this person. Um, that, and it's not anything that I could have created on my own, really. It, it's, it, I can tell that my higher power is working here. My solution is to sort of just have a black and white solution. Okay, either we're, we're friends the way we used to be or we're not at all. And God is creating something totally new there. And I just find that so beautiful. Um, yeah, um, you know, when, my, when I look at page 19 of this chapter, it says, um, elimination of drinking is but a beginning. A more important demonstration lies before us in our homes, work, and relationships. Um, I just talked about that relationship that I have with my friend um, and how it's sort of evolving in a really beautiful way. I found that that is true for me with my work as well. Um, I was in a really difficult uh, spot with my job about a year ago and um, I was um, thinking of leaving this role, this position, and I was applying for other roles um, in my company. Um, and um, I, I, you know, I, the old, again, the old way of the old, my way of dealing with things is to like, you know, just quit, just leave, um, or just like, you know, endure a, a bad situation. <laughs> and, um, you know, this work situation, I really did turn it over to my higher power sort of step by step every day. You know, I, I was asking God every day, like, show me how to be here. Um, and what happened is, is that I, I didn't have to leave this role. You know, I got to stay working with the people that I really enjoy and the work actually changed. And, and that was the problem was the work. And it's, it just turned out so beautifully. You know, I, I, I just, um, yeah, I, I just, I just such a demonstration for me that God is working, uh, in my life. Um, 
So maybe I'll get quickly to sort of what I feel is the crux of this chapter, which is um, that vital spiritual, uh, that vital spiritual experience. Um, Five minutes. Thank you. Um, so on, on page 26 of the chapter, um, we get to the story of how Roland Hazard is treated by uh, Dr. Carl Jung. Um, and, you know, the story is pretty well known. You know, Roland, uh, he goes to, he stays with Dr. Young. Um, he thinks he's, he's cured, but he immediately relapses. Dr. Young says, you know, he has seen people like Roland recover if they have a vital spiritual experience. Um, and, you know, I believe that we get that experience by working the steps um, and, and doing the things that are suggested in this chapter, you know, confession of our shortcomings. Um, that confession is, is preceded by admitting that we are powerless over food. Um, and, and the confession is followed by a deepening of this vital spiritual experience by practicing steps 10, 11, and 12. Um, and then it says later on on page 28, um, what has proved, what, what in our turn, maybe I'll read from the page here. Um, one second here. It says, oh, we in our turn, no, sorry. Okay, so it, it it talks about you know something that seemed like a, a flimsy read has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. Um, to me, that means that we have to work this program intensely, which can at first mean taking actions that might seem a bit radical, like I talked about at the beginning. You know, and, and by that I mean putting down certain ingredients, our alcoholic foods and ingredients and behaviors. Um, or uh, it might it might mean taking actions that seem like they won't work. You know, how do these spiritual actions, what do they have to do? We might be asking ourselves, what do they have to do with this like desire to eat compulsively? How, how could they possibly work? You know, I remember thinking that. Um, but because I was totally backed into a corner and totally out of options, I, I did both of those things. I put down my compulsive, uh, my, my alcoholic ingredients and behaviors, and I, I did this spiritual work. And what I really found is this flimsy read really did become the loving and powerful hand of God. Um, again, God rooted out that desire to eat compulsively. And it's you know, I, I have difficult days and difficult experiences, but the thought of using food to deal with them is, it's just been removed from my list of my, from my drop down list. Like it's just not there. Um, and that's not me managing and controlling, you know, my desire for food. Um, you know, I loved uh, on this page as well, page 28, it, it talks about how there's a multitude of ways that people can discover God. Um, and all of us are a child of a loving creator with whom we may form a relationship. Um, you know, I, I love this, you know, I, I love this sort of gender neutral and really inclusive way that you have set up this meeting. I think that's beautiful. Um, and I, I really believe that that is like what you've done there is like that's an extension of what the big book says by um, the fact that we that our higher power 
you know, that, that experience can be roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive. Um, I think that's great. And that God, you know, makes it easy for us to find him. Um, you know, I think that that's one thing about the big book, though it does use some uh, very gender-specific terms. Um, some of this language, I can, I think, for me, I feel like it's probably ahead of its time, you know, uh, to say that we can create our own conception of God. I think for 1935 might have been somewhat ahead of its time. Um, so I think I'm probably getting close to my time. Um, I'll just wrap up by saying I, I feel like, you know, what this chapter is about is, is, is it really emphasizes the need for that vital spiritual experience and that it, it helps us identify in even further by showing us what the real alcoholic is. Uh, and and it, I think what's most important is that it offers us uh, so much hope for recovery. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jessica C. Beautiful. Thanks for your service. And there goes my timer. All right. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Uh, I am the timekeeper, so I'll set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. And if the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. All right, looks like Amy's up first. Go ahead, Amy. Thank you. <clears throat> Amy B, compulsive overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state from the food today. Thank you so much, Melissa and Yvonne, for your service. Thank you, everybody else who's doing service at this meeting, whether you're reading or you are just here being part of the collective, not just that is incredibly important because we need each other. There is a solution too, starts with the word we. Thank you, Jessica, for that wonderful, wonderful share, not only of your story in OA, your own narrative, your experience, strength, and hope that is so relatable, um, but also the way you took us through this chapter and pointed out so many beautiful things. I was just, and of course, the screen went dark, just as I'm about to refer to it. Here we go. Um, one of the things and that I love on the bottom of, actually, the page might be wrong. I think it's 19. Of necessity, there will have to be discussion of matters, medical, psychiatric, social, and religious. We are aware that these matters are, from their very nature, controversial. Nothing would please us so much as to write a book which would contain no basis for contention or argument. We shall do our utmost to achieve that ideal. Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. So, you know, I love the OA diversity policy, the whole thing, which talks about respect for different ways of working a program. And I love that it says it here. And it points out that 
you know, the spiritual reason for tolerance of these sticky issues is because it makes us more useful to others. And the way that it makes me more useful to others is because it gets me out of the noise of having to be in the way somebody else lives their life, runs their program, knows, has a conception of their higher power, any of the above. So um, we are all here together with a common problem and a common solution, and we're all going to experience it personally. So I think that's in this chapter too. And then I have, I have in the margin on, uh, I think it's 22, where it talks about perhaps there'll never be a full answer to these questions. And the paragraph ends with, we cannot answer the riddle. I'm quoting um, in the margin, one of my spiritual guides, Joey Tribbiani, where it says, it's a moo point. It's a cow's opinion. It doesn't matter. I'm never going to solve the riddle. It doesn't matter why. It's a moo point. It's moo. And I will kill myself trying to solve the riddle. I don't need to solve the riddle. What I need is a vital spiritual experience. I can forget about it, uh, solving the why. Um, why I am. And this chapter goes real far to, to, you know, the moderate eater, the hard eater. But then when it talks about the real addict in the food, the real compulsive overeater, it's a pretty desolate picture. And it comes from my throat um, sometimes when I really look at it and identify in. So um, making that very clear in this chapter, making the problem very clear in this chapter about there is a solution, it really hits home. And thank you, Jessica, for, for hitting this home. It's a vital, vital spirit, vital spiritual experience, vital meaning not only necessary, but also living, a that's living okay. spiritual experience. And that's my time. And that's where I'll stop. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you so much, Amy B. Next up, we have Francesca M. Go ahead, Francesca. Can you hear me? Can y'all hear me? Okay, cool. Um, thank you so much for your share. I had to pull over. Um, wow. It was just such a god shot for me. I've never, I've been in OA almost three years, and I've never heard someone in a share talk about um, a certain medication. Uh, and I met with my psychiatrist yesterday and talked about this said medication and, um, you know, being willing to go to any lengths. There are alcoholic foods and behaviors for me that I was not willing to give up, um, like coffee. I'm like, why can other people drink coffee? Like just a baby, just like, no, it's my, like uh, my lover or something <laughs> like, like just the idea of giving it up, like, no, no, I'll figure a way. But yet then I fall face down um, in food. Um, and then I'm like, hmm, I was entirely abstinent. And that, um, you know, in the big book, it's just that, that lurking notion, you know, so you just helped kind of and sharing your story about a few like lurking notions that I had about like, eh, maybe this isn't the best idea, but it's okay. Um, so that was just really helpful um, for me. And um, yeah, I just love how you took us through the chapter and um, how you related it to your own experience. And I love this um, 
like you said, it was uh, ahead of their time, um, you know, because it's like everything is like perspective is so big. And um, I have in their time periods in OA, my perspective has been like, oh, yeah, like, look at the time. These like old, probably racist, like white guys, like, you know, their times have been very negative. But it's like the perspective of being ahead of the times spiritually, that's, that's beautiful. I don't know that I've ever heard someone share about that as well. Um, so I, um, yeah, and just when there's a share that just kind of, I feel like plugs me in, like unplugs me from the world of like my head and material and like plugs me into the spiritual world. I just feel so grateful. Um, one of uh, one of the fellows in this meeting says, um, with the spirit. And that's how I feel right now. Um, so thank you so much, um, Jessica. Thank you, Yvonne, Heidi, and um, everyone for your service. Oh, I, again, I'm seeing all your faces now because I was driving. Um, anyways, um, yeah, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Francesca. All right, we don't have any hands up. Who would like to share next? Yvonne, go ahead. Hi, everybody. I'm Yvonne, a recovered compulsive overeater from BC, Canada. Um, yeah, one of the lines in that chapter that really just sticks out to me, and Jessica, thank you for really hitting this home uh, for me, is um, for those of us who are seriously alcoholic, there is no middle of the road solution. So we can try all those other things that seem to work for other people, um, but they just do not work for me. And I didn't even realize, you know, like I, I'm pretty new to OA. I'm just like a baby in this program. I don't even have a year yet in, in the room. So um, I had no idea that this was the solution. Like when I came, I just thought, I, I don't know what I thought the 12 steps were going to be, um, but not this. Um, I thought I was just going to, you know, lose some weight and learn how to eat and everything. And so what, when I arrived and it's like, what, <laughs> this is what I'm going to be doing. Oh, um, how interesting, but indeed this is not a middle of the road solution and it requires work. Um, but it works. And I guess that's the incredible thing is that all those other things that we try, um, can work for the short term, but they never take the crazy away. The crazy's always still there. You're kind of white knuckling it or, or, or just, you know, trying to bite down hard on whatever it is. And I guess that's not an appropriate OA uh, analogy, biting down hard. Um, but, uh, you know, you're just, you're, it's a struggle. And so this is the first time in my life that um, the struggles are different. So now the struggles are about how, you know, am I doing God's will? Am I still trying to control things? Am I still running the show? Um, was I dishonest today? I had no idea, you know, that I had to keep my finger on all those things. They were like, that to me is just crazy that those are the things that are going to prevent me from picking up and abusing food today. But it is working. So I am so grateful to be here with all of you um, living this recovery and understanding that it does work every single day I wake up and make a decision um, to do all those things to turn my will over um, to to put the program ahead of everything else because if I don't have that, um, my world goes bad real fast. 
Um, and it works. And it, it's just so amazing to me. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for your share. And next up, we have John B. Go ahead, John. Well, Heidi outsmarted me. She either went on back off so bumped me up to the front of the line here. I'm not exactly sure how that worked. Um, I'm just wanting to thank you all. I've never been to this meeting before. I've been listening to your podcast, and it's kind of interesting to you know hear people talk and hear such incredible wisdom and then not have any idea who these people are. And I had a chance to come to the meeting tonight, and I just thought I should say thank you. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, John. We're so glad you found us and we're able to make it to a live meeting. Awesome. All right, Heidi V, you are up next. Go ahead. Hi, Heidi V from New York, thank you. Um, Jessica, thank you so much for your service and for an amazing share. I related to so much of what you said. Um, I also had a thing with medication. <laughs> um, and you said like fear characterized your life and I, I feel like there's nothing um, more um, accurate <laughs> than uh, than what I feel like my entire um, life was prior to. And I mean, still to a lot to a big extent, but um, certainly prior to coming into the rooms. Um, and um, you said, you know, you you said I had to when you were talking about this feeling of um, you know needing to leave. Um, and I just, I, it reminded me of um, once when someone suggested to me, well, what if you didn't? And I just looked at them like, you don't get it. Like, I have to, <laughs> like, you, you don't understand. <laughs> um, and that person actually said it to me for, said that statement to me for a long, long time before I finally could hear that that was even an option. Um, and uh, oh, there was so much it, 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 when you talked about like the ideas being radical of like putting down food. <laughs> it was it. It just was like I just thought that everybody was like insane. Like, what do you mean? Like, you cannot have that ever. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's not possible. Um, and I love, love, love that you said that um, eating has been removed from your lockdown list. Um, and I guess if I can cheat a little bit by asking you a quick question for <laughs> the last few seconds of my share, um, can you share a little bit more about what is now on your drop-down list? Oh, wow. That's such a good question. Um, yeah, I guess on my drop-down list, like if um, I, 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 I just try, I, 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 pray to God. Like I, I pray, I ask, I, I will write out what does God reliance look like in this situation? Like if I'm feeling the fear for me, it's always about fear. Um, I can really get into like avoidance and procrastination. Um, and you know, usually it's, it involves some kind of action. Like I have to take some forward momentum, but my disease tells me like I have to jump off a cliff or do nothing. So it's usually something in the middle, something more moderate than that, more of a, a baby step. So yeah, I think um, acceptance is is something that um, comes up for me a lot in my 10 steps. And um, 
one thing um, that I heard a fellow share once uh, that I use all the time, or she talks about if there's some kind of difficult situation or something she's fearful about, she envisions writing whatever it is on a rock and then handing it over to this beautiful being of love and light who's going to take care of that for her. And so I use that all the time. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Heidi. Thank you, Heidi. And thank you, Jessica, for that answer. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions and 